Yo, 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 welcome to another episode of Reasonable Wrestling. It is I, the most high Chris, and I'm with my tag team partner, CT, a.k.a. Chitty Bang. What's going on, man, Chitty? We're doing the two two weeks in a row via satellite. Via satellite, man. Via satellite. Bring it to your lives. Yo, what's good? How you doing, man? How's your week? How's your week? What's going on with you? What's going on with me? What's going on with me? It's been a good week. I feel like I'm coming back, you know, to things, you know, and uh, got a little, you know, we, as we do, we, we know we, we're, in the, we're in the industry. We're in the industry. You guys know the industry we're talking about. I don't got to say it. But yeah, we got a, um, I'm going to be heading to D.C. next week, uh, at the end of the week, to go to this conference called For Avante. It's a cryptocurrency for cannabis, so I'm doing that. Uh, we're keeping in touch with, you know, our buddies that we met at Learn Sativa University. So I've been working, you know, and trying to link up and uh, start some, you know, headway in this industry as far as uh, making the, making our brand and making our pathway into that. So I'm so excited with that. I'm still going to work. You know, we got real jobs, you know, so we, we still doing our thing. But I'm excited to to take a breather and talk some wrestling, you know, from, from all the busyness that we have in our real lives going on uh, how, how about you man how about you? i mean everything's going good man you know i'm a i'm a dad for everyone who didn't hey. hear the last podcast chris has a baby um but BJ, the my man is actually right next to me as i record this thing here uh he calls himself sleep so we're gonna leave it that way uh, but yeah, man, you going to? The most dumbest baby ever, guys, and show him some love because uh, I mean, this kid came down a hurricane and he just like, yep, doesn't phase me. Life doesn't phase me at all. He's just chilling. <laughs> yo, but yo, he's the calmest, calmest baby. But what, what, what he ain't calm at three, four in the morning. I can definitely tell your ass that, man. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, man, you going to D.C., man, that's crazy, dog. Like, that's that's really dope, man, especially with the with us being in the industry, as CT calls it, uh, for you to be able to be in that um, movers and shakers business or movers and shakers room. You know, that's very beneficial, man. I, that's dope. That's dope that we're making headways outside of the wrestling community as well. Uncensored of this professional wrestling podcast, and if you don't know, now you know. Uh, it's been one hell of a week, uh, one hell of a busy week for wrestling. It started all the way back hey, to. Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. You good? Yeah, I'll put. Do you hear me? Uh, is it better? I can hear. Yeah, I can hear you a little bit better now. I put it. I put in that mic that I bought. Oh, you got the lapel mic on. Yeah, I, I don't got it on because I have no shirt on. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm holding it. <laughs> I should put a shirt on. But yeah, I'm 
well, yeah, let's get right into it, guys. All right. Sure here. <laughs> We're wrestling talk. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, so Sunday, Clash of Champions kicked off the week of wrestling. Uh, what caught your attention? Like, what was your what was your thing of that show that that you that you remember? I'll say what caught my eye. I guess. Uh, well, uh, I want to shout out. Cedric Alexander real quick. Uh, I know he didn't get the victory like I, I wanted him to, but the guy's doing big things, man, and, and he has a bright future. Uh, Cedric is just getting started. Um, there's um, idiots, melters out there who's talking some shit about him. Um, Cedric, don't annoy, ignore all the noise and keep working hard. Uh, you are, you're killing it every time I see you, but I wish that match was a little bit longer. It was on the pre-show, so I get it. There are time constraints. Yeah, I think that match was definitely um, something that could have been a hair bit longer. Um, I've, I think that their chemistry is great uh, if you give them a little bit more time. Uh, but they're two ring generals for sure. Like, you can really give Cedric that title of ring general. Um, like, you give kind of, the, like, we throw that out to anyone else. Shout, shout out to Walter. Uh, we'll get on that a little bit later. But uh, <laughs> um, Cedric definitely knows his way around the, the, the ring. And it, it was dope to see him be kind of highlighted. He's been spotlighted for probably like a month, month and a half now. Um, going all the way back to um, him being a janitor, helping Roman Reigns out in a in an ambiguous spot. But um, it's always good to see our black brothers on the camera. Um, so I, I definitely want to highlight that. Um, another highlight of the night for me um, for Clash of Champions that I was kind of kind of excited to see. Um, is that I was just ready for the new day to drop the titles, even though I do root for everyone and anyone that is black. Uh, but to have the revival win the titles and be a Grand Slam champion of uh, a, a Grand Slam Grand Slam champions in their own right, I think that was really dope, and it helps make the revival as a uh, for a team that we said that was relegated to them almost wanting to quit the company. It just shows that if you just stay down, stay healthy, and have some faith that things turn around for you. And damn, they did because they're working with Randy. They're working with Kofi, the World Heavyweight Champion. And they're working with one of the most over tag teams in the past decade in the New Day. And they won the SmackDown Tag Team Champions ch- Championship. So shout out to Scott Dawson and, uh, and Dash Wilder. Probably, but I knew we would always get here where they're one of the acts 
you know, because the rival's not longer still in the ring. They have charisma. I think they have uh, personality. You know, like, so I, they have a personality that's unique. And that, so I'm really just seeing that. I'm really happy to see them uh, take the tag titles. Let's see what they can do with them. I think with New Day, uh, there's only so much we can see from New Day as tag team champions. Is they have to really be creative. To, 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 and they got to also get the, get, get the opportunity to be creative because if they don't book them, you know, separately from Kofi, then, because they're booking them underneath Kofi, pretty much. Everything tied into Kofi because he's one of their boys. As a tag team, to have your own legitimacy within the division, that you got to book them as, all right, we are tag team candy. That's like, I want a little bit of separation with the new day. Only, be, not because I don't want them to break up or anything like that, just, just to give them their own, um, Lane, understand? Hey, we're doing our thing separately, but we're still a unit. Uh, and I think they've done that with Kofi to an extent. Uh, as for um, uh, the new the tag team of new, like with Xavier and Big E, I think it has to work. To, they have some work to do to put them in the spotlight to uh, separate them from Kofi a little bit. But you don't have to do that either. You know, now they're not tag team champions, and uh, we now have speaking of Kofi. We'll get to what happened on SmackDown, but he he defeated Randy Orton. So that's one thing that I was extremely excited about uh, to see on Clash of Champions. I think that Kofi has arrived as well as a champion now that he's defeated a legitimate uh, Hall of Famer, you know, a living Hall of Famer. It makes it, it, it does something to his reign. And I'm not sure if um, all the audience members can get it. Like some of the fans who are saying, oh, I don't want Kofi to be champion anymore. I'm tired of this reign. Guys, you don't understand. He needed to be Randy Orton. For guys like me who are fans of him, and the way that that shit went down back in 2007 or so. 2009. Uh, 2009, excuse me. Uh, 2009, I like redemption stories. And I like, I want Kofi to get um, come up in. So what if Randy Orton beat him and then took his title? It's like, man, after you just, and that, like, that, there's something we don't talk about. Randy Orton called Kobe Kingston stupid for something he did in the ring. Randy Orton legitimately I, I called him stupid. That wasn't just, uh, now, now it's, a, it's a catchphrase. But it was a real moment that Randy Orton, in the ring, called him stupid in the middle of a band event at Ball Rock. That action and then kind of, you know, changed the trajectory of enough of, to, I'm not sure what's the degree, it changed the trajectory of Kobe's career, but it isn't something you do. To somebody, you know, and Randy had that many No, and Randy, Randy was, a, Randy was definitely abusing. Oh, sorry, my bad. If y'all hear that, that's that's me fucking with the mic. That was my bad. If y'all hear that on the pod. Um, oh yeah. Oh well, if you want to see Leo Rush, then go ahead and look at this only lurking. Um. Yeah, I think Randy. Randy has been very kind of. Um, uh, problematic in his career, um, you know, when it comes to how he's dealt with, you know, uh, Mr. Kennedy or, you know, him having issues uh, or backstage uh, uh, um, gripes with Kofi Kingston or even I mean, just. Super bags and, whatnot, and I'm not going to hold him to his old self, which he's grown since now. But he's immature. He was immature back then, to some degree. And um, I think for him to be Kofi would have been a disgrace to me. I would have. As far as the match, it was trash. Uh, the match was what is, it was a match. It was a match. Uh, I mean, I'm glad the story's done. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to 
going to say that I was super excited with the match. As far as the match, it was the match. Uh, um, I'm just glad Kobe won. Like, I'm just, that's all I'm going to say. I'm just glad Kobe won. And if Kobe dropped the title to Brock, like, I mean, we'll talk about it more, but, like, if he dropped the title back, I'm not upset with his race. And I want to give WWE the credit of giving this guy our first black WWE champion, Doug Wolf. You know, African born, or even, you know, black uh, WWE champion, a uh, reign that's legitimate. It means something to me. It means something to me. So I just want to just shout that out real quick. And that's why I've been invested with Kobe. That's why um, I haven't really. Uh, maybe you can say I'm biased. I, I know I am. No, we're not biased, man. Like for for like we said, like to to answer the the and you could I don't want to call them flat out melters because a lot of them not like idiots, but like the smarks or the marks or let's just say the white people who who have something to say about Kofi's reign. Like, bruh, Seth Rollins was not a great reign. We've joked about the gender reign wasn't a good reign. Hell, Dean Ambrose reign as champion wasn't a good reign. Seth first universal title run wasn't a good reign. Like there 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 are champions in history outside of Kofi who have held that title. Brock Lesnar, for God's sakes, held both titles hostage. You know what I mean? Like, he held both titles hostage. Both main event scenes were hostage. Relegating the main titles to, st- I mean, the mid-card titles to step up. And therefore, they didn't do much with them because of who the belts were on at the time. You know what I mean? Like, you have AJ and Kevin Owens scrambling in the United States Championship food a few few years ago. You have, um, um, um... Uh, you you have Seth Rollins bragging and boasting about the IC title being bigger than the Universal title, which then devalues the Universal title when someone gets it. Yeah. So uh, like, um, I don't think it devalues the Universal title. I think that. Nah, listen, it, it, I, I, CT. When you don't have your championship on screen and it's not defended outside of one opponent which was Roman Reigns that title is then devalued man that universal championship for the 400 days that Brock had it did not mean anything I meant what, what it meant was when he dropped it it meant something that's what it meant it's like when, when he dropped it that's what it was for for that moment when Seth won it over Brock uh, I, I think, but was it a uh, moment? Was it a moment, or was it like a sign of relief that we can? You know what it, it could have been a moment. It could have been a moment, and they fucked up because they had to do the low blow shit and all this. For me, at least, I didn't. I didn't see it as Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins' arrival. I thought. I think SummerSlam was more of Seth Rollins' arrival as the Beast Slayer and who he's supposed to be. Because he beat Brock Queen. Now he beat Brock Queen at WrestleMania. I was like, okay, you know, and it was a big moment because we finally got this reign. Reign of Terror came to an end, and the, and the Beast Slayer took him down, and he did it like legit, you know. So him signing away and him with the logo, I, I, I was uh, a little bit rubbed uh, wrong with that. But I do think that Brock being off the TV with the title to some degree um, makes it feel a little special. And it's only the Universal title that he's really held hostage. The WWE title has been on SmackDown, and I think that. Um, that's the way the WWE model is. It's like, all right, we have this, we created this other title, so we don't really need to we have a main event scene as still, you know, with, with this other title on this other show. Well, you can't um, say that when AJ Styles as your WWE champion wasn't main eventing shows. I, I see what you're 
saying. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 it kind of, it's a domino effect to the company. When we look at these, like I always call them consolation prizes. You know what I mean? Like I call them that for a reason. But then you look at it, and 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 like, uh, like like the Raw Tag Team Titles, right? They were devalued to you at some point in time when they was wrapped around the B team's waist or Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Like, why? You know what I mean? Like, why? When all you're going to do, and as soon as you drop the titles, is put them in 24 7 championship races in the backstage, and then you're like, oh, they were tag team champions. The B team? The B team? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the thing about it is. And there's two niggas that, like, they work rate aren't, like, I know what you mean when you're talking about, like, hey, you know, Kurt Hawkins, Zack Ryder, they've been around, give him a doggy bone. You know, hey, Bo Dallas and and, and Curtis Axel, give him a doggy bone. But my guy, uh, uh, Robert Root was United States champion. Dolph Ziggler was United States champion, Grand Slam champion, just won an IC title. Like, you don't have to give those guys a bone. Robert Root at 40 should be, listen, Robert Root at 40 should be enhancing newer talent. He shouldn't be looking for, he shouldn't be looking for a push. Uh, yeah, I feel you. I think I, I think that Robert Roode should be enhancing new talent. I think that you give him a push to then put somebody over on top of him. Robert Roode should be a single heel, a single a single heel. That's what he should be. I, uh, they haven't done it yet, really well. Uh, uh, and they keep putting him in these tag teams. Well, I don't get it because I honestly I, I like Robert Roode. I like Robert Roode and I like Dolph Ziggler to a degree, but I'm kind of sick of him already. I don't. I just can't with Dolph. But the, what I don't get is that when you um, put the titles on these guys. We're just thrown together. But I kind of, well, what I'm trying to get is I kind of understand that they're doing what they can and what they have. And they give these guys a spot because every now and then you have people that put, they put, they put together two guys and it works. Like, team hell no, it works. You know, but you have people that uh, are get put together and it kind of works. So you've got to give it a shot. But what I don't like, oh shit, Walter just choked down that room. What the hell is going on? Yeah, my man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. It was. Oh, shit. It was crazy. Oh, it was crazy. Oh, NXT oh, was lit. Oh, oh. In the street oh. oh, what's going on here? What you, know, you are now I'm listening to is CT. Get- <laughs> while, while, while on the show. Sorry, guys. I'm just sorry, but I'm. You know, I, I got texted like yesterday. I love NXT. NXT is my favorite thing in wrestling. So if I'm getting distracted. Right now, there's a brawl going backstage. Uh, Walter came out of nowhere, choked up Matt Riddle. Uh, next thing you know, the Imperial Arena shut up Matt Riddle. Street Profits come over here to help him out. The 
forgot his son come out. Yeah, but Pete does wrestling. Uh, comes out of nowhere, so they're all brawling. Um, I'm with it. I'm, I'm with it. I think, I think that NXT, and look, let's just, I'm sorry, I'm going on tangent for NXT real quick. Go ahead, man. NXT, NXT though, NXT right now, I'm telling you, it's going to be fucking lit. I see the pieces. They're laying down the foundation. Undisputed Era are your undisputed league champions of NXT right now. Let's get right into NXT real quick, and then we'll get back to the rest of the shows. That's cool. Because obviously, there's no business talking about shit that we don't care about. Um, but, yeah, Undisputed Era, we have NXT Live this week on USA. Undisputed Era now have on title. Ryder Strong beat the whole team in a great match. Uh, it was. I, I think the way they protected Velveteen with Dream was great. Bro, they uh, protected was, the shit out of Velveteen, and he put on a hell of a wrestling match. Like exactly. he had a wrestling match, bro. Yes, he did exactly. He had a wrestling match on, and he knew he was a heavy fighter. Like he had the spotlight. That was the main event. Of the first live USA television show, and he came to show, and him and Roderick put, put on a damn good match. They took on a damn good match. Um, man, Roddy's moveset, I just love it, man. I love the backbreakers, man. I just, I really fuck with it. Um, but yeah, and the speed, he won the match. Understood to have all the gold. I think it's a great introduction to NXT on television. And then I see them trying to uh, build Pete Dunne as a single star on to NXT. And then I see them trying to build Zia Lee as a uh, woman competitor. Now she did fuck up live on television. Because uh, there's no more pre-tips, guys. There's no more. You gotta come out there and hit it hard. Um, but I see them building it. They built Killian Dana. We have no idea who we'll bring in from the main roster. They have Matt Riddle. They have the Street Proppers in the tag division. They got Forgotten Sons, who I think uh, are a good tag team. They, they kind of su- surprised me on that ladder match. So I see some something with, with them. Imperium shows up. Imperium showing up. Like, they're bringing the heavy hitters back to NXT. I think they have a well-rounded group for the first time in a while. Not to mention, we didn't even talk about Tommaso Ciampa. He has not, we haven't seen him. And we know, we know he's, you know, he's in, he's in the, somewhere. And then we got Shayna and Candice Ray. Candice Ray won a four-way. Bro, speaking, I know you want to talk about the, the, the main event, but the very first match... On USA for NXT were the women, and they shut that shit the fuck up. They didn't shut it down. They shut it up, man. <laughs> Bruh, Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, uh, uh, Miriam, and the star of stars, bro. Bianca Belair is a star. Beyond stars, bro. Like, Io Shirai's presentation is fucking dope. Like, it was so dope to watch. I, um, I forgot who I stole this tweet from, but I retweeted it, so I don't know if I'm stealing it. But, like, to see the camera angles, the 4K uh, cameras being used, the production value, like, it just looked and felt like what, like, it It didn't, it, if it, it, it was the network on USA. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it, it, you know what I mean? Like, it was the network on USA, bro. Like, and it was. It didn't was... feel dumbed down. It didn't, it didn't feel like it was dumbed down at all. Um, they came, they, they knew they had, had to show out, and they did. Um, what was the match in between in, in the midway through? Oh, man. Oh, uh, man. I'm just, I'm just trying to remember. Remember. Um, uh, 
honestly, I can, I think it was Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes came out and 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 defeated Sean Maluda in a very quick five second match, uh, where the even the presentation of Cameron Grimes, someone of Cameron Grimes, was dope uh, for for the network. But having Velveteen, I I think like a lot. Okay, a lot of people don't understand. Like uh, shout out to I just want to do a quick shout out in the middle of the show to uh, two black led podcasts that are doing their hundredth episode, uh, the Black Announce Table and the A Show. Uh, just want to give congratulations to y'all um, on that. When we started our podcast, we had the envisions of doing what you guys are doing, and so like we 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 see that as aspiration. We commend y'all. Um, and the reason why I'm bringing that up is people of color as influence, my guy. The main, the opener of the show, and the main event of the show, the two stars of it were black. Like regardless, of, regardless of who won or whatever the case may be, the highlight main event players were Bianca Belair and Velveteen Dream. I think that Bianca Belair came out the show with some show improved, and um, I see a future angle with her and Candice LeRae being great TV down the line. That's what I see that. Being great television now, and you're right, it was people of color. But it's not only just the black just, um, people they showcased. In the first match, there were two Asian, there yes. were two Asian women yes. who came out there and showed and proved. Uh, you had the, the, the Asian baddie, uh, Minion, and you had Io Shirai, who, Io Shirai, you know, when she gets busy. All four women came to show, show out, and I don't want to poo poo Kazare just because she's white. She, she can't open her oh, she's a G. Nah, Candace. I can't even hold it against Candace that because she's white. Candace is a G. Like can can bro. She 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 hard ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I knew that they're gonna build her to take down the title from Shayna Baszler. So she's on that match, and I see her taking the title from Shayna Baszler down the line. So I, I've been saying this for months, but uh, yeah, that's where you go with this. So that was that was the first hour, and according to the ratings. The first hour, this is going to be in my business and logic, but I guess um, I don't know how the flow of the show is. Do you just want to do it now? Do you want to? Well, I'm, I, well, I mean, the first hour on USA did 1.2, did 1.2 million, bro. On the fourth night of wrestling, on a Wednesday, first hour did 1.2 million. So. I think when we ask what AEW has to go up against, I think their that range it has to be over a half a mil to a million. Like that's the gauge. Absolutely, AEW cannot do less than half a mil on their first night. It can't do half a mil. I think that they. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. They're directly opposed to each other, right? Yep, directly opposed from each other. Yep. Like NXT has the what I don't understand with wrestling fans is that NXT has built up the equity as a wrestling company with the um, I get it it's under the umbrella of WWE but have we not learned the lesson that it's a different complete product 
when we have when we have Finn Balor as our champion, when Shinsuke comes in as our champion, when Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn is the champion, when Adrian Neville is the champion, like are you not paying attention to like when Johnny Gargano is the champion, Adam Cole? These are guys that I'm probably bigger than outside of Shinsuke. But that's my but that's my thing though. Like that's that's kind of my case in point when it comes to my business and logic segment of the of the uh, like when you have um, so again, you know, uh, um, Des, uh, Desmond Xavier. If y'all don't know, check out that uh, uh, exclusive that I have with him saying that Impact. I think Impact's going to eventually be like weekly now. Um, when you have ROH, you know, who've had some of these talents like a like a Donovan Dijahojadik, or you know what I mean, or you know, like <laughs> or Adam Cole, or something like that, or will you have AEW who roster does not stack up if W. WWE gives us what we want. We have Brock and Kofi on SmackDown. We have Sasha and Becky on Raw. And we have NXT going like, bro, that's better than anything else that any other wrestling company is putting out right now. All right, well, you can't downplay live television, live television, a couple of hungry dudes and talented dudes in AEW who are trying to pass away of unique wrestling and, 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 and unique wrestling that's an alternative. Because you got to understand, if they get the buzz of people, all they need is that buzz. Do something with their writing, do something with their matches that gets a buzz that's like, hey, you can't M- find this. Impact is, impact, is more in a, impact is more in a place to do something that, like that rather than no, AEW. I'm sorry to say this, but I am... Not expected as a place who's going to survive and be around for long term, 
even guys in the, in the, in the business are like, man, that place just doesn't die. They, they really think they'd be gone by that. And I respect that they, they haven't died. I respect that they're out there just making wrestling and, and a place for the boys to go and wrestle and create storylines and, 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 and show themselves on a television platform. I love it. But we cannot say Impact is more of anything that's AEW. Like, we can't. There's no way. What do they have? Who do you know from Impact? Like, you, I know Tessa Blanchard. I know Moose. Who else? I know Johnny Johnny Mundo. I'll watch I, I'll watch RVD matches before I'll watch a goddamn Cody. Don't even dare. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. I love you, RVD, but it's yeah, your matches are um, it's just it's just not the same. <laughs> <laughs> but my 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 thing with that is that okay. I hear what you're saying with that, where AEW has the 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 advantage. But what I'm telling you is, is that when when like we seen it, not not an advantage. But I'm what I'm saying is, is that logically, business wise, when WWE feels any sort of type of any type of whatever you want to call it, competition. Uh, breathing down the neck, uh, whatever. Like they, they've really AEW been kicking a lot of tough, tough shit about being starting a war and being an alternative. When you're giving me Chris Jericho as your champion, I'm telling. Okay, but what I'm saying. Okay, okay, CT. I hear what you're saying. Give it time. We've heard the beginning of this company since January. It is you now set. CC, CT, you're not even allow, you're not allowing me to even finish, man. All right, my dad, go ahead, go ahead. Talk. What I'm saying is, is that they've I get it from from the idea of January to September, nine months. They've done more than nine months than I could ever have tried to do. I don't want to take that away from them, but what I'm saying is, is that you NXT. Gave us this, uh, we're coming to USA at the middle or end of August. They gave us 30 days, 30 days to get excited. They gave us 30 days to run promo. They gave us 30 days of, of constantly reminding us on social media. They didn't make it exclusive to who knew about NXT. They made a very informative introductory promo package as their commercial. What I'm saying is, is that with the roster, with the ammunition, with the pin, with the person running it who doesn't have a vendetta against anybody else other than being the best, I think it has it can crush AEW if Cody still has trips cock up his ass. My thing is, is that his the only thing, the only thing that seems to be their concern is calling themselves an alternative and not running themselves as an alternative. Co- I hear you. Co- I hear you, co- but you have to intentionally make yourself different, and if you can't, if you can't, like, cause think about it. There's so many, there's so many, there's so many we've seen in some things we've done in wrestling, and they gotta take a find a niche that's different from WWE that 
is going to say, you know what, you're not going to get this from WWE. And it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy because WWE has done so many things in the business, and we've seen so much wrestling in our lifetime outside of WWE even. So for them to be an alternative, it's going to be hard. It's going to be an uphill battle. But I don't want to shit on these guys' motivation. This guy created, left WWE, created something of his own. And he's not going to put all his shoes into the, uh, all his chips in the, in, in, in one, in, in the center of the, the table and not take a real swing at it. And like, you know, like, and not take a real hard look at his, his audience. But you know, how do I provide a good television show? I think Cody's open to criticism. I think Cody has a creative mind. And I think the guys in back, not just Cody, I think Matt and Jackson and Nick Jackson, I think Chris Jericho is trying to find his way as the heavyweight champion. I'm not, I guess the little bit of a bubbly thing is pretty cool, but I'm not completely sold on what he's got going on yet. Um, that happened because that like come on is that kayfabe or did Jericho at 49 really get that fucked up and left the belt in the limo <laughs> yo yeah, if he did leave the belt somewhere oh my god that, but this is I what I'm saying like okay the real story is then damn yo I would be pissed off like you know like yeah. but, but and that's uh, and that's what I mean so, so think about it if it's not kayfabe if it's not kayfabe, y'all niggas really just did a 24-7 angle with y'all world heavyweight title. That's not a 24-7 angle. What do you mean? And Competition. Well, and my and I thought that WWE was better than WCW all the time. I thought it was better than WCW. Like, it man, was. My it tag was team champions that. for WCW was Scotty Riggs and Buff Bagwell's, bro. <laughs> but in the moment in WCW, Scotty Riggs was I've been checked out of New Japan since they made Jay White the heavyweight champion. And it's bad decisions like that that will lose me for for some time. Like, it's going to take... It's, it's taken almost a whole year for me to get back for this Okada and, and, and Ibushi thing to happen. But you, you know what I mean? But, they, but, you, you, but do you have a year? Do you have a year? Yeah, exactly. And that's why I like where you're coming from because... You, you, you are a person who 
is uh, not like you're, you're blind to what's going on in wrestling. You uh, you know what's going on in wrestling, but you you like what you like or you don't like what you like. And I think that you like you said it. That you checked out when JY became NJPW champion. That's a company making a typical move that turned off a viewer that they had. Now AEW cannot make those moves. I think they will. Sometimes, don't get me wrong. I think that is very a big tendency to make certain decisions where I'm like, uh, I don't really care for this shit as a wrestling fan. But hey, wrestling. I think that they have a high upside and a really low low um, bar too. Like we don't know where they're gonna land in that, but I, I, I have more faith in them being forward toward the top with the talent they have. Like I, I believe in Jimmy Havoc. I believe in Joe Janela. I believe in Darby Allen. I believe in Luchasaurus. I believe in these guys to, to create something because I see they have legs. I believe in private party. You know, these guys, I see there's pieces. Now, these are new pieces too. So we can't judge it like compared to NXT wrestlers like, okay, we have the familiarity with these guys. We've built a story in connection with them. We love Shane Proctor. We love Matt Riddle. We love Johnny Gargano. We've seen them over time so we can't compare them like... But you can't. But you can because of the revolving door of what NXT is. So my only argument is, is that so like I said, granted, WWE and NXT did 1.2 million on their first Wednesday. Now I don't know if that's part of Raw, if that's part of SmackDown, but that is pretty much a third. Uh, it's, 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 it's close to more than a half to a third of your normal, regular viewing audience. My and thing getting, is... And, no, no, I, was, I just want to say, like, and they're getting us early, before, before AEW airs. That, that's direct competition. Like, oh, really? Let's put this show on before you, a month before you go out, or a couple weeks before you guys go live, so we can get our audience to get used to watching us on this hour. Before you guys are, and I think WWE and Vince—they're all um, geniuses as far as their business models and how they stay intact. Because you've got to be like that in, in, in um, business. You can't just be like, "Oh, there's a competitor." Let's just let them do what they want. Well, that's what they kind of do with TNA, unfortunately. But like, but they can't not. They, they, I think WWE sees something with AEW too. Like, they see pieces in, in Kenny Omega. They know Kenny Omega is a star. They wish they wish they had them because they think they would have used Kenny Omega. I think they would have used the Young Bucks. They see the Bullet Club. They know that actually has, they built something from the ground up. Billy Club, the faction, came out of nowhere and took the world by storm, and it wasn't a WWE product. They see that. I'm telling you. So I think they're going to completely uh, try to undercut AEW along the way. But AEW's going to have to survive. And I think they're going to find a way to make money and sustain. And that's all I want to see. And they're going to. They're going to sustain because they have a fan base, I think. They're not going to survive a lot like TNA. Well, we hope so. We 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 hope to see healthy competition. Uh, we we I know, like I said, that USA Hour was great. Um, the Network Hour was not so much, according to the crowd. But we got to see a returning Leo Rush that popped everyone from the in house to at house. Uh, I know when his music hit, I was fucking litty. I saw I was late. Like I said, my Twitter, my 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 network was down, so I was on Twitter. And I saw that he was advertised, uh, but I still popped when I heard his music. Um, so it was, it was, yeah. it was dope to I see. When I, saw the advertising, I just watched it. I was watching it when the show started. And uh, I think he, he came to collect. You know, um, I like the match with him in the corner market. Um, I'm really excited for Leo Rush. We can talk about him as our book in black this week. What would you want to see in Leo Rush? I think that they 
into the platform on the week that they went live with USA as states like, oh, we're going to use him. And what I was saying to you before the podcast started is that um, no matter how, you know, your backstage antics are, if you're talented, it, 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 it silences everything. It silences everything. And Leo Rush is extremely talented. Talented, talent always rise to the top. Just like Antonio Brown, he's as much as a, a backroom, uh, a chaos or a, a backstage cancer, Antonio Brown may be to the team or making all this noise. He's one of the best wide receivers in the entire league. He, he, he talent is gonna make somebody put you, give you the, give you the opportunity, and, and he's on the best team in the NFL. He's now with the New England Patriots. I look, I look at Leo Rush a little bit like that with his story and his back, the backstage uh, um, heat that he's gotten over the over the years. And I'm like, I, I think he's misunderstood. Honestly, I think Leo Rush is very much misunderstood. When I listen to him on the, the Chasing Gordon podcast. It, it, I felt for the kid, and he's a really young kid. You gotta understand, he's only—he was a t- twenty-one-year-old piece ago. Now he's twenty-two. Twenty-four. He's twenty-four. He's twenty-four or twenty-three-year-old. He was my bad. He was twenty-three. Now he's twenty-four. You know, he's still young, and he's still um, growing in, in, in his craft and finding his way, and how he can uh, uh, navigate this industry because it's not easy to be with and be in. And he has kids, you know, and he has a wife. So he there's a lot of pressure on this kid, but his talent is gonna kill kind of all the noise. And we've always had faith in Leo Rush. So as far as the cruiserweight division coming to NXT, uh, he just defeated only American to be number one contender for the cruiserweight champion. I am here for Leo Rush becoming our next cruiserweight champion and defeating Drew Rulak. So with that being said, we're just going to introduce this Leo Rush book and black segment real quick. Let's go ahead and get that on out the way every week that oh, we do. Every week that every week that we do this podcast here, we end up doing a book in black. Um, and uh, um, this week, Leo Rush is going to be our book in black. So as you say, he comes back, and I don't. And I, I kind of agree with you as to him being, you know, uh, um, you know, cream rising to the top, and um, always, you know, if you if you're talented, you're going to be given the opportunity. Just st- just stay down. Um, I wouldn't attest him to like probably Antonio Brown. I would compare him to Josh Gordon. Um, Antonio Brown, I would say probably is maybe misunderstood, but I think he's borderline crazy. Um, Josh, Josh Gordon for sure. Um, with his you know substance abuse or his marijuana usage and his suspension from the league, I kind of see him more as a misunderstood product. Um, and, but being so, so talented that you take a flyer out on him, you know what I mean? So I definitely, huh? You know, you made a really good point. Honestly, I didn't even think about it like that. I didn't even think about it like that. But he is, honestly, right. He's more aligned with Josh Gordon's story and how he's been, um, approaching things and having to, cause Josh, Josh Gordon doesn't need any distractions and he's a guy who, he dealt with his mental health, um, predicament and, and so with Leo Rush's path um, I'm just glad to see him back you know I'm, I'm glad to see him back he looks great he looks healthy he looks like he doesn't have a lot of ring rust. it's kind of hard to look bad when you're wrestling Oni Larkin as well too he's so fucking good yeah yeah Oni Larkin I mean he, he, he's grown on me over time low key oh, and, and, uh, and I mean people I mean, maybe I'll look so far with Oni but I never think he's bad I always like like uh, one two, but I didn't see him as a single star necessarily. But um, I'm trying to see it. Um, but yeah, we're one, and he's going to be taking on Drew Gulak sometime in the future. I will put that on NXT um, live in a heartbeat or next takeover, and I will 
Um, with that being said, if 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 Leo, just to take it out a little step further, um, and we don't have to do it long, but uh, uh, if Leo wins it, who do you see as his uh, um, a feud? It looks like he got over as a baby. So is Leo Rush now back as a baby face? Yes, yes, he's a baby. Swerve to be a heel. Huh? I would want Swerve to be a heel. Let's go. We got to get into the week that was. We're 50 minutes. Bro, we're 50 minutes into the show and haven't talked Raw or SmackDown, but, bro, it was crazy. I, I know we I know we, 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 we was wrapping up on, on Booking Black with Leo Rush and Drew. I will have uh, Drew. Great ending shot with him. Great ending shot. That's probably going to be an iconic shot that we're going to see for a moment because it's a great shot. Um, I think the theme, it just makes me happy. I'm sorry. I just, I just, I'm just happy with just Bray Wyatt being back and being in a main event picture. He's so creative. I love seeing his um, promos in the funhouse and then seeing it just go warped out. And then they had upside down graphics after his Oh, do you think that was meant to happen? I don't know if it was meant to happen, but if it, but if it 
intentional. That was honestly great production. I shit on their production all the time. I thought it. I thought it was. I thought it was by accident, and I shit on it. I'm not gonna lie. I thought it was accident too. But then they made it seem like it was supposed to happen, and that's what somebody's supposed to do on the on the on the mic. I think it was Renee Young. So shout out to Renee Young for noticing the graphic being upside down. And if it was an accident, acknowledging that, and then the guy started acknowledging, like, okay, why are these graphics upside down? And they they played into it like as if it was something to do with the theme, like just you know an eerie feeling. Not to say like, the theme is a little just legitimately scary. Like I'm, as, me as a grown man, I'm like, okay, this gives makes me feel some type of way, you know, the fun house stuff, and it just falls like right in line to just. Bro, it makes me it makes me super excited to like do this script more and more. Yes, indeed, uh, man. I, there's so many ideas I have for Bray Wyatt as a character script. Um, they're doing a Joker movie right now, and it's a, it's, a, it's an in depth into the psyche of a guy like Joker. And I'm really curious. I can't, can't wait to see you guys go check it out next month. And I think Bray Wyatt is also another character study as far as a character of like how do you create a person like this you know and, cre- and creating a, a concept on it so and then he now he's involved his character to a whole new level with the theme and the fun house which is just unbelievably creative I would never thought in a million years you'd marry these two images of children television shows and just creepy ass horror clown slash demon it's makes you feel weird when you watch it it's just awesome so um, I remember a couple months ago on Instagram, I said, I want something to come around that gives me the feeling of The Undertaker when I was a kid. And The Fiend is doing that for me. And I, I didn't know what would happen, like, this soon. But The Fiend is doing that for me where it's like, it's a, it's a spectacle when you see him. It's very, at the moment, just for him to come up, to show up. Yeah, so I love the I love the ending of Raw, him making that appearance. Um, I believe him coming up, uh, speaking of best produce, him scaring Seth Rollins and Seth, you know, backing away. That's going to be used in promo packages for soon to come for sure for Helen and Cell. Um, that that was great. Um, I wasn't too much. Um, um, I wasn't too much um, en- enthused with. What led up beforehand? Um, I don't care that Kane was there. Um, I don't care of why oh, the. Oh, you don't like the Kane thing? I don't really no, like it. Hell no. You thought it was terrible? Yeah, I ain't like it. I think that's how you use old talent. I think that's exactly how you use old talent. You gotta understand, wrestling fans, there are wrestling fans who wanna see old talent just say, oh my god, I was there when Kane did this. I was there and Kane showed up, you know? And I think. If I was a wrestling fan that wasn't as um, savvy on the industry, I would go to a show and be just, okay, I wonder what's going to happen. And when King shows up, I'm like, oh, I remember this guy. I, he, he's gonna do, and then you see the theme come out and kind of like take him down. He just gives the theme the rub. And I, I really loved it. I really loved it. And then him winning the 24-7 champion as mayor is a brilliant way for that title to be used, I think. I think it was great. Raw was good, uh, including that uh, uh, another one of my best written, or I'm sorry, my worst written um, 
but it was it was good and bad. It was it was intriguing. Uh, the gender reveal. How the hell did Ricochet get involved? How the fuck did Rusev get back in? Like, what the hell is Uh, going on, man? I'm not, I wasn't feeling it, honestly. The only thing I liked was when they said Maria on the phone. Isn't that how we got in this position? Exactly. Street Profits and Enzo Dawkins are amazing right now, dog. Yeah, Street Profits are are gold every single time they're up on there. Only problem with Street Profits I have right now is that I gotta keep it real, keep it a buck. I thought I was going to see them in a match by now. Um, I thought I was going to see the Street Profits in a match by now. So when everybody was like, oh, why are they using Street Profits like this? Why are they using them backstage and just for hyping up shit? And I'm like, hey, give them some time and do it a perfect time, you know, just for them to be at backstage, you know, get to get their image out there. And then they can come out there and have a match. And people are like, oh, you guys can go too. That's what I wanted to see. Um, now with NXT going to USA, I think, I think uh, they're probably going to stick in NXT. But I do want to see them wrestle on the main roster. They can be on both shows. I mean, I want to see them wrestle. They're on their backstage anyways. So have them come out there and have some matches in the tag team division. Instead of having Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode tag team champions. I don't like that. We have War Raiders, the, 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 good, the good brothers, Street Profits just sitting there backstage. And you get the talent to these two guys. I just don't get it. Yeah, Raw tag team division. Um, looks like it's all over the place. Hopefully we'll have a little bit more um, of um, of a scope of who's where and what's going to be done when they have the draft. Um, the draft is October 11th. That's going to be the first night, and that's going to be on a SmackDown on Friday. And then they have the second part of the draft is going to be on Raw uh, that following Monday, the 14th. So we'll we'll you know. Want to give it to Drew, I mean, do you think that's what I give to Dolph and Ruth? Because they're like, oh, let's take it off a real tag team, and then before we can figure out where you guys go. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So, right, and, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I, I think, I think you know, um, um, outside of outside of that, um, uh, of Raw, another thing that got me um, that I wanted to talk about that is a is like a um, is like being. A thread throughout the all of the shows. Class of Champions, the Four Horsewomen had their matches with Sasha and Bailey. That was a, uh, a disappointing match in itself with uh, Bailey and Charlotte. And then Sasha and uh-huh. Becky was a pretty okay match. Um, okay. I like it. I, was, I mean, I, I thought it was good. I thought the brawl through the crowd was good. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say what I texted you, but you heard what I texted you. I'm not for the guy um, trying to touch Sasha's ass. That, that, come on, you guys can't be doing that. Fans, guys, just treat people with respect when you're out there. Um, but, yeah, uh, the match I thought was cool. I thought it was a cool match, and I thought that they, I'm glad that they extended it. Um, I want to see Sasha win. I do want to see Sasha win the title. But giving her a little bit more time to heat up and then win it, it's cool. I'm, I'm winning. I think it's going to be maybe Team Charlotte and, and uh, now, basically Team Charlotte and Becky versus Sasha and Bailey at uh, Survivor Series, maybe, but well, I don't know. We'll see. I know they're trying to get Carmella involved now, which I don't understand. Which I don't understand. I don't get. I don't know what's going on there, I mean, she's going to do something. She's been away from the women's title division for a minute with the R2. And the, it's cool. Hotel, even though I think that's a good spot for her. I mean, I'm still waiting for her to win the 21st championship. Like, I mean, I don't know why she hasn't done that yet. 
Um, Speaking I mean, of... Yeah, for the women, Sasha, Becky, are going to be building towards Hell in Cell. If it's a Hell in a Cell match, come on. I would, Sasha, Becky, Hell in a Cell match, I, I, I would love it. That's what we're having. That's what they got. That's what that's what they booked. Sasha... Yeah, so so um, Sasha Sasha said do it in the uh, Sasha said have a rematch. Becky said instead of being at Hell in the Cell, be in Hell in the Cell. And Sasha was like, "Well, fuck it, I've already been in one." Has Becky come see me in it? So it's oh. locked in. So I think I think Bray and Sasha will be crowned, and Becky and Seth will be able to go on their little honeymoon because uh, they'll both drop the titles. Exactly, you know, October fourth you know, on SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. Brock Lesnar showed up on SmackDown, um, started the show, and Paul Heyman, on behalf of Brock, uh, Brock obviously challenged uh, Kofi to a match, he's, and he's gonna be having a match on uh, the Fox debut on uh, live on Fox. What date is it? It's, I think it's October fourth. Kofi had the title since April. If he drops it in October, um, it would be from if he won. I believe WrestleMania was what Oct- April seventh or some shit like that. So he would have had it almost six months to the day from April to October. Half a year, bro. Half a year at champ WWE champion, the main prize, the first black champion. Well, you know, African, you know. Nah, I for sure like every like everybody know we've had this discussion before. Like yeah. Kofi Mania was real for niggas like us. Story can be told. A story can be told easily. Story can be told, yeah. And, and it's no, and I, and I don't want to 
want to be petty and just, oh, it's just black people turn up. Nigga, it's prevalent. It's storytelling. It's good. You know, that's just, it's a television show. Like, don't make it, don't make, don't make it that deep that it's like, oh, the, the, they have to just be united to the end. And it'll be a beautiful story. I get it. Hall of Fame, they go into Hall of Fame, never turn on each other. That would be great. Me, as a wrestling fan who wants to see television, I, and, and, and entertaining television, I want to see that turn and see how Big E responds to that and then see how Xavier responds to that and see how Kobe responds to that and build into WrestleMania. That would be how I would tell it. But uh, I guess I'm just one man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something else that happened on SmackDown, uh, Shinsuke looks like he has his next opponent and um, uh, Mustafa Ali. Uh, uh, I think yeah. they're going to put on a banger of a match for the yeah, IC yeah. title. Yeah, for sure. I want them to put that on the Fox show, too. I will put that on the Fox show, and then I'll also have Roman and Daniel Bryan versus uh, Luke and Eric Rowan. Uh, oh, how didn't we back. talk about that on the Clash review? Luke is back, bro. Yes, Luke is back. Luke! Yo, Luke, man. We missed you, bro. We missed a lot. Luke is back. Luke is back. Leo Rush is back. There's been a lot of returns this week. Sasha came back uh, a month ago. Uh, yeah. It was all the people that we waited for. You know, I'm not sure if all these hiatuses are because of... I think WWE are giving people time off. I think people are WWE giving people time off like they did Kevin Owens uh, last year. You know? I think they tried that shit out with Kevin Owens and it worked. And he came back a little bit more hot and now he's, you know, having his angle. And we'll get to him in a second. But yo, I think Dougie Gamerose was great boosted the title. Like, they gave Luke Harper the title off. And then they spun some story online. Like, oh, Luke asked Luke Asperger for his uh, release. Oh, Luke is unhappy. And they just kind of, like, just, I think it's not even them doing it. I think it's Dave Meltzer. I think it's people like him who just making up stories and just saying shit. Him and Ryan sat in and uh, all them other niggas, all the whites, all them other niggas, dog. All them other, I can't even keep up with all them niggas, dog. No, they're not. Huh? No, they're not. They're not? No. They've been, they've been doing it for a long time, 
And they never won a title and they're not that impactful. They will be. I think they have the to be if this, if this angle goes well. And Luke and Eric Rowan have a banger of a match with Roman and, and Daniel Bryan on the, on the intro, of, intro of SmackDown on Fox. And then they get spun. I, I, I won't keep them. And it's been, I'm not like taking them and draft them to do different shows and then see how they work at singles and then reunite them down the line. Yo, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan have they, they could work, bro. And, and, they, and I think they have an image. Like, just looking at them, they just have a, a look to them that's just different. They have legs that have a, not only a character, but they have to, we already know they can work. Bro, how many times have we said that with them though? With the Wyatt family, with the Bludgeon Brothers, like, what is the gimmick gonna be now? No, no gimmick. Just have Eric and Luke. Just have them to go out there and talk shit and beat people up, and they did on SmackDown. Like the whole Eric going to get in here, I thought was funny. But how Eric performed on on Sunday and how Eric performed on on one uh, of Tuesday. I thought he came out and he did his job as on the mic and in the ring on, on, on Clash Champions. And then the, then the beat down later on in the night, I think Eric came out there and did what he came to do um, very well. Up to this point, I didn't see, I didn't see Eric as a viable single star or viable singles player until this week. So I think that, that he has legs there. And him and Wu together are just very intimidating for us. Uh, it's a matter of just coming out there and just beating the shit out of people, man. Kind of like Seamus and, and um, this is all I used to do. But they have their own bar thing, you know, they're, they're very much an international <laughs> vibe to them. As far as Eric Rowan and Luke Harper, they have an ominous vibe to them because they're coming off like a, I think they're from the, you know, wide family as part of it. But this backwood, gritty, uh, intimidating feel. So, whether you swept some right there or put them on Raw SmackDown, I think they got legs. I'm glad to see the Wyatt family get their just doing and have made it both for Raw SmackDown. That means they have arrived as real people who are, I mean, Ray has already been, been arrived, but yeah, I think Luke has some degree. But to see Rowan in, in a spot, I think that, that that makes the Wyatt family kind of like, oh, the Shield can go on and be stars on their own. Oh, the Wyatt family can do that, too. You think that they can't do that? They can do it as well. I think that Eric Rowan is not going to be as big of a star as a Dean, Seth, or Roman. I don't think that Luke is either. But I think that they can be viable single stars on their own as far as their presentation and what, they, what they've got to work with. It's just about writing shit that makes sense because they didn't help to give Roman Rowan any favors with this Roman angle. Well, I hear what you're saying, but I know Eric, I know Luke had done stuff on his own as, you know, Bruiser Brody Lee out there on the indie scene. I'm not sure what Eric was doing beforehand, um, but they're made to be a tag team together. Um, they're not built in this environment of WWE where um, we thought Eric Rowan was an intellect and now he's not. He's just a brute who, you know, like, what what, what are you? Like, I, I will... No, no, no. I'm, I'm, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, is that he said that when, when, when Dan Bryan said, "I've seen you as a peer, as an equal," uh, the, you know, Luke. I mean, Eric, Harp, Eric Rowan says, you know, we're not equals. You know, we're we're not on the same playing field. And my my thing is, is that man, 
if you've been if you've been manipulated your whole career, you can't call yourself smart. You know what I mean? Like we can't we can't just erase everything because you say so, man. You were brainwashed. That's not his fault. I think I think that's the rising team's fault. And with the rising team needs to do a better job as far as giving this guy something to say that makes sense. Um, I think that he should be coming out there and saying, this was my plan all along, and yeah, I feel like I can now own this shit. You, you know, Daniel Bryan, I used you because you, you, you need somebody to act like your backbone. You have, you have a, you have a uh, reputation in this industry. You went through a crazy injury, and I saw the opportunity to attach myself to somebody who needed somebody that was back. When you all got any championship, you were broken. And I used that opportunity to get myself close to you so I can take your spot, so I can take this, so I can show everybody what Eric Rowan truly is. That's what it really should be. Now, now you have to write it very, it's about how, how he responded and how they write it. But I think he can, he, he's decent. Uh, I think today, I think this week he was decent. I don't think he was good on my the previous week. But if you tell tell a story correctly, I think Eric can perform it. Like I've seen, I try to think of the way the the way they wrote it to way the the the, the, the guy performing it. And I think that Eric Rowan has like, and I think I like the fact that if you're gonna keep him as a tag team, him and Luke, that Luke can't talk. Eric has to talk that. Just Eric talk from now on. No more Luke talking. Eric talks. I'm down with that. I'm 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 down with that. Um, speaking, uh, I, one thing you you touched on, and I guess we this would be kind of like our wrap up of the show almost, is that what you're saying? Uh, writing and you know something that makes sense and giving to someone to perform uh, that has to be one of the worst things ever SmackDown has ever produced, which was this Shane McMahon Kevin Owens shit. It was so. Bad man, it was so bad. Uh, to, I'm gonna sue you for twenty five million dollars. Uh, I'm gonna make this the worst thing in your life. Uh, to even serving him and 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 explain and, and having Shane tell him to explain it, like it was just so convoluted. It it, it didn't advance the story. Kevin Owens should have been done with this once we got the pop in Toronto from the stunner, and I don't know why this has carried on. This is uh, a soap opera writing storyline. They have started, even the Roman thing was a soap opera writing storyline that they really dropped the ball on, which I, I don't like. I mean, WWE is general is, is a soap opera. It is a drama show where you can just put people and have twists and turns and all that stuff. And now,
a lot better than what is written on paper. Like a lot better than whatever is written on paper. Every single time. So um, as far as this goes, the way Kenneth performs himself and the way he goes about his his his, his, his stick, I love it. But as far as the writing team, when it comes to this, I just like certain things to be more geared towards. All right, the end goal is the conflict in the ring. We gotta always keep that in mind, and we can't feel. We, we know it's a television show, and you gotta tell stories. But you always gotta keep the end goal in mind that hey, this is where we're hitting, and how we get there with the threat of competition. The only the the only way this can the only way this can be salvaged is if Kevin Owens challenges Brock Lesnar next for the WWE Championship. That's it. That's it. That's the only. That's the only way Kevin Owens because Kevin came back with Vince McMahon to challenge or to stop Kofi Kingston from winning the title. If we're talking about storytelling, he never got his rematch. He never got his rematch. He never got his title. Now the title ends up on Brock. Brock's a heel. Kevin's a baby. You can work it that way. Uh, you can really, if if Brock is really wants to put somebody over, he can put over KO. I think this would be a first time ever type deal with them two, and I think that would be good. I think that would be best. Yeah, I think Brock needs to put some money over. Excuse me, um, sooner than later. I think that I'd rather him be put on set after this long reign. I don't want another long Brock win. If he wins, if he beats him, beats Kofi, I don't want another long reign. I want him to win it to put somebody else over. And I think that you're exactly right. Kevin Owens would be the perfect person to put over. So then Kevin Owens can spin off into a few with maybe Baron Corbin until we get to or um, you know and, and that would be that would be some booking that I can see WWE doing Baron Corbin we don't like to say him because he came in the ring he won the King of the Ring which we'll, we'll, we'll mention that and Baron Corbin they're not going to just have him win the King of the Ring and not count for the WWE Championship it's coming down the line just know that um, get Chad, Chad Gable I think that he should have won the King of the Ring honestly or just touch on that real quick. He should have won it with that with that uh, with that ankle lock. If he tapped, if Baron tapped out and Gable won, that Gable the main that. And um, I know Gable still got over in some aspects, but I would have loved to see Gable as King of the Ring and underdog King of the Ring for the first time in a long time. Um, I think King of the Ring. But Baron was what we expected, and I think once we all saw Baron with the crown on his head, uh, we we knew that it was coming down the line. For him to be king of the ring, uh, but I, I mean, for me for that, I didn't want to admit it, so I just kept on saying, "Oh, Ricochet, you know, somebody else." <laughs> Please, I didn't want to see it, but and, you know, I, I think he had one of the match, best matches of the week. Him and Gable, him and Gable put on a show. Him and Gable uh, put on a fucking clinic. That um, the same spot that they did in NXT, great callback spot uh, where yeah. he was going for the head scissors, caught him in the head scissors, hit him with the uh, uh, end of days. Um, it, it was it was a dope ass spot. Um, shout out to uh, I, I know you I know you are the one on here that gives Corbin um, you know most of the credit, but I do want to piggyback off that and Corbin does his job. Randy even attested to it on. Um, on Twitter, um, first it was Lance Storm who said something about it. Uh, Lance Storm has said something about um, you know Corbin, Corbin just gets it. He plants people down right. You know what I mean. He he he's yeah, always I safe. Know, I'm gonna be honest. I don't want to be the one of those players like oh I was there back in 2001. 
as, as, as far as speaking and how to present himself. And um, he really put it together. They found something with him because he, he didn't work as a, he didn't work. He didn't work well as uh, as um, a babyface because he did the like you said the callback to NXT where he just used to wrestle um, you know quick little matches and shit and then and then then they didn't have a they didn't have a baby that they could have wasted on Corbin to get him over as a heel. You know what I mean? So then, you know, and then it takes him a while when he's on the main roster and whatnot. He, he squanders the money in the bank. Um, you know, he loses that like that. A lot of things have happened with him that, you know, it took him a minute. Uh, it took him a minute to actually find something. I believe this heel run, this, this, uh, this, um, this King Corbin, uh, I, I believe, I, I think that that is definitely uh, one of one of the, the the dopest things to be done right now in wrestling. Absolutely, I think King Corbin is a future WWE champion. I think that I've, I've been getting singing his praises for a long time now, and I think that this year, this year, two thousand nineteen, he found himself and he finally arrived. Um, so I think people are starting to really notice. can go real over the top now, uh, especially with him being um, able to call himself king and be able to go, you know, blase, blase, you know what I mean? I think that he'll be able to, uh, you know, go a little bit more over the top because even with the GM thing, he was cut at the balls because he had to report to somebody, you know what I mean? Like, so his authority really couldn't go as far as he thought it could, so it didn't make it as impactful. As a wrestler, though, as a performer, 
Um, I think him being an antagonist and uh, to a baby, uh, let's say he's not in the main event title uh, few picture. I know we, we've spoke about uh, uh, Cedric winning the United States Championship. Corbin may be someone that can relegate himself to the main roster. I mean, the, the mid-card of the roster. And, and, for sure, exactly, exactly. But to utilize the king gimmick and to give him something, I think that that might that might do something. If Cedric wins it off of AJ, you know, uh, King Corbin can come at the United States champion and be the king of the United States with the title yeah. or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, yeah, you know, King Baron being the king of the United States. Uh, and, and presenting him that way out for it. That's something that I would definitely um, down to see. That's what's up. Is there anything else? Uh, no, man. There's nothing else, man. Um, right now, uh, little CJ's up. So I'm about to go okay. ahead and he's been good this whole show, man. It's been about an hour and a half. Oh. He's been pretty. Yo, he's gonna he's gonna be on the podcast, man. I mean, he's gonna be he, 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 you know once he starts talking. He's been right here. He's been right here sleeping. So I've been proud of that. So it's about yeah. time for it's about time for him to get us feeding or whatnot. But nah, man, everything I think we covered. Um, we you know um, we talked about what we wanted to as far as the tag team of uh, changing titles, a uh, clash. Um, the women, the four horsewomen's are uh, still holding strong. Uh, Seth probably dropping it to the Fiend. Brock coming back, taking it off of Kofi. NXT being huge, booking Black with Leo Rush. Uh, I think we did. I think we, I think we did. We had a good show, man. Jam packed, you know. Uh, definitely. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we love y'all. Thank you for uh, tuning in, uh, and thank you for all the day oneers out there who've been with us rocking for a minute. Uh, anything else you gotta say? No, man, uh, I think this is episode, what, 69 or 70, one of the two or something like that, so keep rocking with us, man, uh, we're going to be doing something uh, really special in the, in the near future, uh, once I really get my shit together, or, or after we get our shit together, to be honest, uh, and we're, we're, we're going to stay tuned, man, uh, Reasonable Wrestling, uh, Reasonable Wrestling is going to be more jam-packed than this podcast, believe it or not. Take it easy, and as always, yo, my bad, I'm sorry, Uh, no, take it easy, Um, everybody, thank you guys for listening, Uh, peace out.